Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the podcast. This is possibly going to be the greatest podcast this year, which I think means the best out of four podcasts. <laughs> um, Jamie is gone. Jamie is sacked. He is fired. No, yeah, it, it, it's pro- actually like Jeremy Corbyn. He'll just be suspended for a few weeks and then he'll be back. And the reason is that he's he anti-Semitic. Anti-Semitic. And <laughs> he has had a baby. Jamie is in the baby bunker, baby number two. Uh, I haven't heard from him, but I'm sure that he is currently covered in piss, puke and poo. Joining us as usual, joining me as usual, is Matthew Wandless from London. And just down the road, in fact, I'm not sure where Ben lives now, is a man who hasn't been on the podcast for a couple of years, works real life for a film company. Um, in fact, his own film company. It's Ben Jamin Hilton. Hello. Hi. There he is. Um, how are we both? You're not going to hear from Jamie for two years, because th- that is the reason why I've not been on the podcast for two years, because uh, yeah. I made the mistake of having a second child. I mean, I had the glorious blessing <laughs> of a second child. <laughs> um, so, yeah, very exciting. And me speaking of piss and puke, I don't suppose either of you watch I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of here. Yes, I very much enjoyed watching your good pal Jordan North uh, fall off a cliff, both literally and metaphorically. Oh my God! Put money. No, on. I don't watch. I'm a celebrity. And, uh, Where is and it happening in, this year? In Wales. So is it? Yeah, it's in Wales in a oh, castle in Wales. I thought they were still doing it in Australia. No, no, they've COVIDed it. So that's um, how much I've watched my friend Jordan North on the TV show so far. I don't actually know that it's not in Australia. I've been planning on catching it up. Um, Jordan is the kind of guy that you'll hate until you love him. He'll he'll cross the north south south divide in different ways, and I predict that he will win this year's uh, I'm a Celebrity. So much so that I've put fifty pounds on him winning. Well, uh, he's what, got a problem because um, <laughs> I can't remember the exact odds. I think it works out that I'd win one hundred and sixty quid, but the odds are now going down because he's um, already taken over the show. Nice. He's so scared of everything um, that um, people are just going to keep voting him yeah. into these situations. He- hearing him scream and scream um, in a coffin full of snakes was the funniest thing. Jesus. I've seen the, the funniest thing 2020 is. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Matt, it began with him just when they get off the helicopter at the beginning, he puked on ITV as soon as he got off the helicopter and they had the full puke shot. Incredible! I can't um, believe I don't watch this show. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like it's got everything. It's a winner. <laughs> um, so yeah, Jordan um, worked with Jordan for a few years, and and you know he talks to me every so often, but he's a busy Radio One presenter now, and um, is far far you know has left me behind massively. But he's a lovely fella, and what will happen? I think he's you know I, do, I really do think he might win because 
he he talks like a he talks like a Burnley docker if they were docks in Burnley, um, and people will punish Jordan. They'll keep putting him into the trials, and then they'll learn to love him, and uh, and it'll be a classic British like trample on the peasant until we make him king because he's really earned it, and we can be proud of the fact that he's won. But he's got to beat Mo Farah, so might be difficult. Mo Farah's on it. Oh I'm not. No, I'm not going to get sucked into talking about this show. <laughs> no, you, <laughs> don't, you don't want else. to. It's it's absolute <laughs> carnage. Absolute so, carnage. Speaking of carnage, meanwhile, I've been watching um, the Crown series four. Have either of you, Matt? You we've discussed the Crown before. Matt's out of there. Um, but Ben. Yes, I am watching it also. I watched it. I watched about three episodes last night while I was doing something. Right. And you can see already this of all the series, this is the one that you know the royals aren't sitting around together and watching arm in arm giggling. Um no, I mean I'd be surprised if they're one of the ten people still watching it. But um, Oh here we go. But, uh, it's Whoa. Yeah. Shots fired. I mean Great Gosh, it's boring, isn't it? What? Um, <laughs> no, I'm not bored at all. I can't, I can't believe how salaciously delicious. I don't know. Well, go on, tell me why you think it's boring. I think this is so close to the bone. I'm just, I'm just going. I, I'm, I, I can't believe what I'm finding out. Yeah, I don't know. Like the Margaret know Thatcher, like isn't it, it like? Isn't it the ultimate silly. show about rich people that aren't likable? Um, but actually it's the truth as well. So it's even more limited in the kind of dramatic potential than something like succession. Uh, I think that's the same. That's also true of gangster of Goodfellas or whatever, you know, you, you're looking at, you're looking at the, well, no, cause they've been selected because they're an amazing story. These, this family has been selected because they have a completely untenable position in British society. Yeah, well, you, this is just you, that you're you're in you're voicing one of the siloed views that, of course, is explored in it. It is an extraordinary. I mean, and I think that the thing is that the research that's done into this thing is that there uh, there are extraordinary things that you perhaps do not know about the royal family, and when you watch it, those extraordinary things come out. No, I'm sure, but it's not touching the void, is it? It's not touching the void, but. It's I not a lie. I find it gripping. But let's go back to the person who's watched it, because he was saying, "What were you saying, Ben? It's not it's, this. This is not exciting to you anymore." Yeah, I don't know. I find the f- I thought the first two series were really good. I really liked them. Um, and like you say, I think we don't know that much, or maybe you know, I don't know that much about the royal family, the details of things that happened. And so, even in this series, like when you find out little details, like just the 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 sort of shitty things that uh charles did um in the run-up to the wedding and stuff those little moments are like really interesting to find out but it's it's amongst such sort of slow paced sort of navel gazing drama that i just get bored watching it the first episode of this new series was very long and boring um, and I'm afraid I just found I just found the pace of it. Did you watch that? Have you been watching um, the third day? No. Um, with Jude Law. I'm afraid of it. On Sky, it's it, they did this amazing thing where they had a day, 
a 14-hour live broadcast of an episode, live performance. Um, and, you know, it's 14 hours long. The pace was unbearably slow. And I watched the whole thing, and it was incredible. But watching Jude Law dig a hole for an hour had more content than the first episode of The Crown so season harsh. four, I'm that afraid. so harsh. <laughs> you know how much work goes into these things. Oh, like, yeah, I know. It's the most expensive series ever made. But, I, yeah, I mean, I, I do. I like it. I admire it. It looks good. It's very pretty. And I find it a bit twee sometimes. You know, it's play, something weird about it that, that it's now sort of slightly played for laughs when Thatcher and the Queen are sat together sort of having bands. Ooh, um, I, I think and, that, the, the, and, like and that, that woman, was, their relationship is fascinating because I wouldn't have it's thought... It's fascinating, but it, yeah, you know... I, I wouldn't know. have thought that they would have been so at odds with each other. Do you find it a bit odd now that with The Crown, it's a bit like, you know, Olivia Coleman is doing her The Queen and Gillian <laughs> Anderson will be doing her Mrs. Thatcher. And well, it's a bit like celebrity casting of impressions. Well, we're, we're like down to episode eight or nine now. And at first, when Gillian Anderson first came on as um, Thatcher, I said to Sarah, this is, this is the first time that I'm going, someone's in a wig and, yeah. uh, you know, but then... Um, eight episodes later or whatever, I am amazed by her because I think that the problem with Thatcher is that she is such a, she was such a ridiculous, unusual specimen. Like she's such an odd person that I start to, I genuinely have been watching it and kind of forget that I'm watching an actress because you realize that, that that is who she was. That is, if she came into a room, she would, <laughs> you know, this is not an over-exaggeration. That's how she behaved and that's who she was. And I think the more that it gets um, under the surface of like how much Thatcher did to, like, like quite how much, almost to the levels of Donald Trump at the moment, quite how much she ignored reality and just doubled down and doubled down on her idea to squeeze the country into profitability or something. I think the series really gets into that. And, I, and, that, and that stuff is super interesting that that is the only prime minister that the Queen seemingly actively did a press release against. You know, I've not got to that fact yet. I, well, uh, it's a big, it's big, it's big, it's big. And there's other stuff further down. I don't know if you know about the sort of secret royal family, the ones that you haven't heard of and stuff. I'm not going to ruin everything, anything, but this series is like seriously damaging to It is very family. damning, isn't it? I, I've got that already and I'm only sort of four episodes in. That it, it's, it's the one that sort of takes, to ta- takes the crown to task for, for oh, even yeah. existing yeah. and being allowed to exist into this modern age. And there's, um, there's something at three episodes further on than where you are, there is something that they expose that is genuinely unforgivable. You know, everything else that happens, you can kind of go, well, you're doing it for the sake of the line and for the sake of the crown. And blah, blah, blah. there is something in their history that they have done that is so unforgivable that you, it, there's no way they can watch this and do another press release about the queen enjoyed watching netflix tonight which episode is that in uh 
roughly. I'll figure it out. It's about, about <laughs> Matt's just going to skip skip forward. Skip straight to it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm just going to skip straight I'm to that one. I'm curious what it is. Yeah. Why not? Between um, eight and ten, I think, is where we are. Maybe you can tell me after we've. I mean, I'm going to keep watching it. Of course, I'll watch it right through to the end. I would imagine, and I do find it sort of captivating uh, in a way. But um, I've it's it's not one that I like sit down and get mesmerized by. It sort of plays out at its own pace in front of me. Sometimes I, you know, do other things. Can we move on and talk about a different queen? Yeah, yeah. the one of Who's the called? gambit. Ah, Queen's Gambit. Let's discuss. I'm watching it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, nailed it quickly. Loved it. Incredible. And Matthew, why don't you, why don't you tell us what you think of it? Uh, well, I watched. Yes, yeah, so I watched the first two episodes on the recommendation of a friend whose opinion on television uh, I hold in low regard. Um, and she she just doesn't watch. She doesn't like anything good. All she watches is a fucking cooking programs and um, and reality TV. And whenever I've tried to get her switched onto a good drama, she's always fucking in, just ignored it. And I've basically given up on her. Um, but I thought, all right, she's actually come to me with a with, with a drama that looks credible. Watched the first couple of episodes, and I thought it was um, slow, dull. Oh. And um, Jesus, kind of, Christ, and, and just, and and just really, wait, 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 <laughs> uh, just really sort of um, pedestrian in the, its kind of storytelling and um, undeniably beautifully shot, well performed, and all these things. But I just found it dull, and I also thought the way they did the chess in the kind of Kentucky um, things was was pretty poor. Um, but then. We carried on, and from there on, I think it's actually very good. Uh, I think that the, basically, I said to Hannah, I said I, we were watching it together. I said after the second episode, I said this show isn't going to get interesting until she loses, and there's something to butt up against because up until that point, everything had just seemed so fucking straightforward. Um, and uh, poor Hannah, poor Hannah. No, no, she agreed with me. <laughs> and um, so, so we persevered, and it's paid off. Yeah. I think I think it's a much better show now, and I'm I'm, I'm interested in it. I'm going to watch the rest of it. Okay, okay. Production value. But there was something about because I don't. I'm not a chess expert by any stretch of the word. But my grandpa was um, uh, very good. He he was a Sussex County captain, and um, wow, yeah, you know, ranked and everything. And he taught me how to play when I was little. And mm. I used to go to his chess club sometimes, and that thing of like there was a there was a moment where she was playing the handsome guy uh, i can't remember his name um and she she kind of does a move and he's like whoa and then um it, it was just that thing of like chess is a very slow boil game yeah and it, it they made it seem like a computer game i thought but then as as it's got better and she's sort of interacting with better players it's much more um faithful to the actual game i think and yeah yeah it's got all the other attributes that i mentioned it's a it's very beautifully shot and oh I really it's, like it's it. like Mad Men in its um production values it's, it's gorgeous yeah, um, yeah. What, what do you guys think i loved it from the off and i and i 
could have watched. I, I, I'm not as good at chess, or I don't know as much about chess, so perhaps I was less bothered about that, and I was more... I, I didn't need it to win or lose. I was The characters. The character was the thing that I enjoyed right from the beginning. I didn't even need the... I, I'm really, really, really beyond sick of things start having to start with a flash forward. Fucking hate it. I'm getting more and more annoyed. We don't need to see her in the championships at the beginning. It's like, just go straight in with the car crash, begin yeah, there. It's the legacy of Breaking Bad, that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and Breaking yeah. Bad did the best ever. So, you know, and, and, and even more so for the sake of like, you're, the, where you need that, where you really need that, is, is in network television to sell some, to keep bums on seats, right? Like, is your piece really not that strong enough? Well, I suppose Matt has proved that, it, yeah, he, he was bored for a couple of episodes, so maybe that flash forward keeps the impatient, the people with short attention spans, like Matthew, keeps them hooked. They know that it's going somewhere. They know something's going to happen. The reason that I really, really love Queen's Gambit is that the... Um, it feels like a true story. You, one of you said you don't, was it you, Ben? You don't really know which way it's going to go. Yeah, it feels like it's a true story, doesn't it? Yeah. There's a genuine, like, stuff that happens, say, uh, a, a, a death or a divorce or, or, the, or these things that happen in life. If you were crafting this as a screenplay to start with, it might be that you would, um, those things would have to have a relevance that was it was more drawn out or it was and these things happen quite quickly they happen sort of surprisingly and they might happen over 90 seconds something big happens and then you move on with the story and it really does feel like an, a biography of how you get from it does 24 I, I think, points it's great but it, it, in the same way the fact that it's not is kind of what made me annoyed by the first couple of episodes because it felt like they spent an awfully long time on a part of her history which would be significant were it a true story but as I it wasn't that's cause it's the it just felt like it could have been done in one episode rather than two I, I bet you I haven't read it but I bet you that the novel spends a lot of time there in a sort of uh, one for over the cookies nest type world in that um, orphanage and it builds quite a, an environment. Yeah, I can imagine it would work in a novel, yeah. But the yeah. other thing, I mean, and, and this is only starting to sort of come to the fore in the point where I am in the series, is that it's starting to feel a bit male-gazy. Um, male-gazy? Like yes, she's suddenly become very sexualized and um, is have, it's just sort of seems to uh, be totally fine with having casual sex with a lot of chess nerds. Which chestnuts. I can imagine <laughs> to a chess nerd is quite an appealing idea. Well, you got to. I don't chestnuts. actually know. I mean, I, I I was I assume this the book was written by a, a man. I mean, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Um, so that, that's that's what I mean. It's just starting to feel a, a little bit like is this just now a fantasy kind of thing? No, I think we've got the coming of age section. It's kind of what if a, a woman had started with nothing and had seemingly everything brains looks power a supersonic ability all of that and and how that person would be viewed by everybody else becomes interesting i suppose without giving anything away in terms of the ending but yeah it's um yeah it just feels it feels so refreshing in that i i i hate how 
much I, I feel like I can predict what's going to happen in things when I watch them now. And you can kind of just work out what the arc's going to be from the beginning. And that's why flash forwards annoy me as well. It's just seems so refreshing and great. Anyone, anyone got anything to add to Queens about Gambit there? I'd like to put it into a bit of a, uh, one of the things I enjoy about shows is the people behind them. And so I just want to give a quick shout out to Scott Frank, who is oh. the guy who's the showrunner of the Queen's Gambit, whose mm-hmm. pedigree is as a screenwriter of things like Logan, ah. um, which he uh, was nominated for an Oscar for. Yeah, and oh. the Wolverine and uh, what's on here? A Minority Less Report good. and Out of Sight. Do you remember Out of Excellent. Sight? The yeah, I remember Outside. Wow, yeah. Soderbergh film, really great. He mm-hmm. wrote that. He also wrote Get Shorty. Wow. Oh, I love Barry Get Sonnenfeld. Shorty. Yeah. So I he's got like serious, serious um, weight, um, serious chops. And um, his last TV show was Godless, which um, oh, was a sort of Western that. thing, which I, I didn't get to see, um, but was very yeah, well was received. Some, uh, we, we started talking about that, Matt. It was... Um, who was it, Ben? It was it Jeff Daniels, Jeff Bridges. Jeff Daniels is oh, in it. Yeah, yeah Jack O'Connell, Michelle Dockery. Yeah, you um, really liked it, didn't you? Or Jamie really liked it. I, Jamie really liked it, and I think I will like it if I get around to it. Like I watched the first episode, and like your criticism of this In fact, when I think of Logan as well, he likes a slow start. He likes Logan's a brilliant. slow start. Yeah, but you do spend again. You spend a lot of time fertilizing the field at the beginning. Think. Building a world there, though. Building a world, I would say that's what. And the uh, the powerful. book the book was written by uh, Walter Tevis, who wrote The Hustler, The Color of Money, and The Man Who Fell to Earth. So wow. that is um, pedigree. And I know so Scott Frank pedigree. directed a lot of them as well, didn't he? Yes, he's yeah, he's he's um, he's really the sort of the guy behind it. And also, always great when somebody has two first names. <laughs> Should like we that. talk about um, what, what else we're watching? Ben and I, in the little break, we were saying that we've both kind of retreated to the safety of the um, the, the, the great TV shows of the late 90s. Have you? Go on. What you I, watching? I, I've, I've rewatched. I'm, I'm, I'm on the start of series four of The Sopranos. Uh, we've rewatched both. This isn't the late 90s, but we've rewatched both series of Succession. I've watched all of The Wire. Um, Again? And, <laughs> How many times yeah, have you yeah, done yeah. The Wire now? four five wow i am um, i've started to watch the wire again uh out of this sort of need <laughs> to just like you know wrap a nice blanket around myself through this year and yeah um be nice by the, be comforted the death and decimation Comfort of uh, <laughs> 90s baltimore <laughs> yeah, exactly um and um and uh, yes that we watched the wire i, I i've gone back Obviously, rewatching The West Wing, which I do permanently. Um, yeah. But I've started again from the first episode, um, and and uh, yeah, I've watched every film released in 1995. Um, <laughs> for some reason, that year was absolute gold, and uh, and it makes me feel good. Can I just say something about the comparison? Because um, I've been watching Sopranos with Han, so that's at a slower pace, like only in the evenings. But I've been watching The Wire kind of in my spare time whenever I have five minutes on my phone. And uh, The Sopranos and The Wire used to share places one and two on my sort of top all time. 
but watching them again, I don't think they're actually... They're, they're, they are in the same league, but they're not very close in it, I don't think. I think The Wire is significantly better than Sopranos as wow. a TV show. Wow. Like, the, the Sopranos doesn't really get going until the end of Series 2, maybe even Series 3. That's when it starts to get really fucking good. Um, uh, and uh, don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to say The Sopranos isn't good. The Sopranos is still a wonderful TV show. I've got a theme from Matthew today, which is slow starts. No, The Wire is the ultimate slow start. The Wire is the, never really starts. It's so slow. The Wire didn't get going well, until it was axed. Exactly. And everybody but, went back and went, whoa. But now, when I'm watching it again, like, I, I think The Wire is a, a very, very rare beast in the sense that I don't think they waste any time in that show. And I know what you're going to say, Howell, in that you, you think it's dull at points and stuff but i i think every scene in that show is a, a little masterpiece of its own i, I really i don't think there is a a fault i do think it's great i don't think i want to go back it feels like going back to a traumatic event to watch it again so i'm not sure if i could return as many times as you did but i have watched it twice the second time i remember thinking dominic west's accent is so much worse than I thought when I first watched it. His, his English comes through so much more once you know yeah. his English. I've um, just uh, finished watching Stateless on uh, Netflix. Have you seen that? It's got a, that's another, Dominic West is one of those guys. He just is in oh, yeah, everything yeah. if you allow him to be. Stateless then, is incredible. And Yvonne Strahovski is in it. Mm, um, yes. Yeah. And he plays a fantastic character in that. Yeah. I, it, that is a brilliant thing to watch if you haven't watched it. I mean, that's, uh, I mean, a bit like trying to tell people to watch something about chess. You're watching something essentially about the Australian immigration system, asylum. Yeah, system. It's, it's, yeah, it's very, it's very niche watch. Yeah. Um, but also in terms of going back to things, um, mm. I've also just finished watching The Long Way Up on Apple TV. Me too. And that has led me to then also watch The Long Way Down and The Long Way Round. Me too. Um, and that felt very good. Oh, that my was very comforting. God. I forgot. Comforting. The moment that TV theme comes on, I was like, ah. Oh, Get something to say. It's just such a shame they picked Kelly Jones at the beginning and then had to stick with him all the way through. But th- I was wondering if, if now he's recorded every version of the word that it could be. Once yeah. they came back and said, can you do the long way up? He was like, why don't we just do like all the different directions that we could do now? The yeah. long way east, the long yeah. way west. I'll just do them all. We'll just just in case you want to use them. Yeah, yeah. Here's yeah, my yeah, question. Yeah, this is going to keep going. I've got a question for you both, but probably mostly for Ben here. Um, why, when you, if you, if you film something with that many cameras and for that long, you film a whole month on various GoPros and drones and blah, blah, and they drive from South Africa, south, south, southern tip of South America to Los Angeles. You've got so much footage. The point of these TV series, like you've just said, is they are comforting. We actually get to step into almost slow TV and, and just sit on the road. It's the beauty of it is sitting on the road for hours. Why, oh, why make only 10 episodes? You could make 25 and just give us, just let us, I mean, nobody's watch, watching this who doesn't. 
I could watch that. The Long Way Up or for, for I could have watched another 10 episodes and yeah, yeah been, why why would you, why would I you mean, compress yeah. like the whole of Peru into one episode or something just let us what I'd just listen to them talking to each other on the bike for an hour it was yeah there is definitely a, a long the long way cut um, yeah and the point is who's watching much longer this? the much longer the longer way up that's what they should have they should have a second series <laughs> yeah yeah a side series the longer way the up longer way um, around that, the longer way up the longer way and down. that would be I'd, I'd watch that you're right it's brilliant what i find hysterical about the long way up um and i i, I, I do i really love it but um is that at the end of every episode they have a sort of fake cliffhanger where they're like <laughs> where they're like oh you and McGregor's wheel got altitude sickness and then they're like then they have a call somebody call a doctor somebody get a doctor in and then there's a doctor running in and you and McGregor's like lying on the bed going I feel I feel really funny I feel funny cuts and then the, the start of the this, it cuts the credits then you start the next episode and they're on the bike 300 miles later. And you goes, I got over that pretty quickly. So uh, yeah. we're here in Peru. And, and you're like, whoa, 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 where was the cliffhanger for? And every, it almost gets predictable to the point where they start making a joke about it. That, um, is, that is my issue, is that like, people who object to it, I, I told mum and dad to watch the first one years and years ago. And they said, and their criticism of it was basically, started watching it it's two rich guys who can afford a support team to ride on really nice motorbikes and get some free stuff yeah. around the world why do i care so fair enough they're not going to watch it they don't want to watch it lots of people who either don't like motorbikes or f have that opinion won't watch it anyone who is watching it don't need the cliffhangers do want a lot more than they're given i enjoy how joyful ewan mcgregor is as well just, oh. just, just happy to be there all Does the it... time because watching it endear you to Ewan McGregor more as an actor, because he's yeah. one of these guys that I really find difficult to watch. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you I do wonder if his recent, um, if his, <clears throat> it is also slightly geared towards his recent PR issues, which, uh, which are sort of divorce, you mean? Not, not mentioned. <laughs> They're not mentioned, and all of a sudden they meet their families, and uh, he's kissing his co-star from Fargo. Oh, well, um, I think you'll find that 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 sentence is the reason for the divorce. But yeah. um, it's uh, oh, right. Is he? I didn't realize that happened. Okay. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. There's been all kinds of uh, tabloidy shenanigans going. Also, you meet his show. daughter. It's, a, it's beneath me, Ben. It's beneath me. Yeah, I, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it's beneath <laughs> you, McGregor. Um, I absolutely but, um, love the guy. I, I, I love it. the guy. I enjoyed it a lot. I, I don't know anybody who could possibly meet meet him and not love him. You know, he just seems he's a superstar. He's a really nice guy, but he's obviously a superstar. He has his, he, he, you never hear him do interviews. You, he seems to lock himself off. It's very, you know, well controlled in terms of his public image. But on those things, whenever he, you know, there's scenes where you and McGregor will be just walking into a hotel. <laughs> uh, it's just filmed from the back. And he'll like open the door for a tourist to walk through. And there's, like 10 people just walk through this door while he stands and opens it for them and watches them all through and then <laughs> follows them through. And in another scene, that would happen, but someone would notice it's Ewan McGregor and what would start is like a 2,000-person crowd asking for selfies with Obi-Wan Kenobi. It's, it's, um, it just seems it's very like endearing. a very endearing person, yeah. And Charlie Borman. Yeah, it's a great, enjoyable watch. Very enjoyable watch. I don't want it to end. And I've Charles, never seen any of them. Oh, so just maybe I should watch the long way down. Yeah. I think, I think you'd enjoy it. 
if you start with the long, long way, way around, around that's I meant, yeah. yeah that's beautiful uh great works. Then the long fan. way then the long way down it becomes um uh you, between the two you and mcgregor has become a, a huge superstar and there's also a lot of issues with their fam the family comes on the trip and stuff it, yeah it's problematic and then clearly they they sort of didn't really you know speak much after that and um and then they've decided to get back for this one 10 years later and it's 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 nice they're they're all but i've just rewatched all of them and they are all really enjoyable especially at the moment where nobody can travel it is mm-hmm. really nice to see out that open road yeah um, yeah is it going to be the thing that tips me over from uh teetering on the edge of getting my um motorbike cbt and actually going and just getting a yes. license and yes. buying a motorcycle. It, it will, I think it will. There are no, um, no uh, some comprehensive basic training or something like that. Uh, oh, on, also um, cock and ball torture. So you know, depending on which one you get when you Google it, just, you know, just tells you a lot about Google your search history. Um, they're on electric bikes on the um, new series, and that has made me think a lot about electric bikes. Um, Do you have a bike, Ben? No, I bought my wife. My wife's got a a, a, a moped. She's got a um. Whoa, she's got a a Vespa. She's got a Vespa. She's got a Millennium Vespa, which I bought last year. I mean, essentially, Matt, in by by getting on a bike, you're something like ninety percent more likely to have a road traffic accident than not getting. Yeah, I know. But my dad used to ride motorcycles. Never had an accident. Drove really safely. Did all the police driving courses and um, it's so not on. You. It's not him. And my brother, when your dad was driving, there was less traffic on the road. Probably this was like ten years ago. Um, but uh, my brother-in-law's just got he got a bike last year, and every time I see it, I'm like, oh, what one of those. Oh, <laughs> yeah, really I, do, I have to bit. admit, it has made me. Uh, I don't like. I'm not bothered about stuff like that. But these these the, the long way series makes me um, makes me understand it. Quick I've mention. always had a romantic vision of driving across the States and if it's on a bike... Oh, you have to watch this show more. then. If you've got a romantic yeah, vision Matt. of that, you have to watch this. I mean, I right what, up your alley. what you're currently getting from The Wire in terms of solace and comfort and escape, this this is, the, this is another... It, it's a different side of the coin, but it's the same thing. It's extremely uncynical as well. It's yeah. just... It's yeah. extremely comfortable watching. Good for Matt, you mean. You prescribing that for map specifically am, a bit yeah. of cynicism yeah um what about well, any, anything current what what what, what the new anyone... aaron sorkin film oh you watched the uh, the good. chicago seven yeah i enjoyed that a lot nice it's like a seven film, isn't it it's like a 6.5 seven out of ten it's not, <laughs> not amazing film. but always um, nice to see sorkin doing his thing and he directed this one and there's just a there's a few bits that are over directed like in the court there was some like real jump cuts for like 10 minutes or something and i was like i don't i'm not sure what yeah he's quite quite an enthusiastic man isn't he can go a bit quick sometimes which works better in the writing than than directing but it's really good i i enjoyed that a lot Um, i'm sure you've covered uh, i've i've very much enjoyed perry mason Oh yeah. Um, and Gangs of London. I think those are two incredibly violent TV shows that uh, yeah. uh but very cinematic TV shows. I haven't seen Gangs haven't of watched London. Either of these. What's Perry Mason? Oh. What's Perry, Perry Mason? Mason? What's Perry we, Mason? We talked about that in the last one, didn't we? 
Perry it's Mason. The old Perry is, Mason. No, no, it's the reboot of the old Perry Mason. Um, Matthew Reese, uh, produced by Matthew Reese of, of the the Americans fame, um, uh, and John Lithgow uh, in a sort of 1930s, really dark detective, gritty detective series that's currently on Sky and Now TV. Yeah, right, I'll give that a glance. Get it. It's a HBO this. HBO show. It's very good. It's got beautiful soundtrack. Um, and yes, Matthew Reese is absolutely captivating. Also, it just really sets up a what could be a very long-running character if you just go and go. Well, that's cool. We're only a couple of episodes from the end of Queen's Gambit, so we do need something new. It's a uh, bit it's... of a. It's a bit of a. I mean, it's pretty. It's pretty violent. It's not anywhere near as violent as Gangs of London, but it's pretty. Got some the violent moments are disgustingly violent. Dark, it's dark, dark. It's really violent. They're like Game of Thrones stamping on head type um, moments. When they, when they go for it, they go for it. Good. good. Um, when they, I, I found it, like, I loved it. I found it to be, I think that you'll find it slow for the first two or three because you kind of, I don't know if you ever watched any of the original Perry Mason. It couldn't be further from that I in didn't. terms of like pace. All oh, right, well you're probably all right then. But it puts us. Just I mean, to clarify, I don't object to slow paced things. I just want no, them no, to be no. Substantive I substantive in their slow pacing. I want, I want there to be a reason for it. Well, I, I feel like with this one, I, I feel like sitting down and making you watch the 14-hour episode of the third day <laughs> would be a real, uh, a really interesting. <laughs> I, I the only exercise. reason I haven't watched the third day is because I'm scared of it. People told me it was scary, and I'm not good with scary. <laughs> and but because I really like Jude Law, I think he's great. Um, how often? I mean, presumably you choose the length of your episodes with that, Ben. You didn't watch it in a one No, it was. Sorry, I should probably clarify. The third day is, um, I think it's a six-part TV, one-hour TV show. Um, but they, hours. yes, but then they did they, a special. They did a special episode. It was supposed to be that, because it's all set on an island off the coast of the south of England, and it was supposed to be that, that Punch Drunk, who are the production company who've made it, they also specialise in immersive theatre, where you know an audience goes and walks around a big space and has a sort of play done for them, mm-hmm. um, to be reductive. Um, but they, so everybody was supposed to go to this island. Uh, like uh, ten thousand people was, you know, had bought tickets to go to this island and and experience the sort of uh, a live version of the six part TV show, sort of playing out, and they could walk around the island and stuff like that. But obviously, because of COVID, that couldn't happen. So what they did was they live broadcast a single shot um, show, following. Uh, you know, real time Jude Law playing out this story, um, and so it was broadcast, and it was just a single ca- a single shot, un- no 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 cuts of just the camera floating around this island, going into various scenes, out of various scenes. Wow! And, uh, Jude Law basically endures. I don't want to ruin the first six hours for anyone, but he basically endures a crucifixion. Um, oh. And um, it's really, it's like the Wicker Man, but 14 hours long. Um, wow. And, and it was very, it was, it was a very creepy day. It was a, on a Saturday. They broadcast it live on a Saturday and it, it was actually happening while they were doing it. And um, 
And will they have time? It was amazing. It was it was my favourite thing this year. And when you say it flew in and out of scenes, does that mean that they'll they'll leave Jude for like seven minutes so that he can have a poo halfway through? No, they, they, like he he yeah, they drift off for an hour, and then you spend like forty minutes watching somebody tidying up a campsite. So he'll have got to go to the toilet. They'll have built in toilet breaks for Jude. Uh, <laughs> is it, I mean, I think there was toilet facilities available for pretty much everyone. Good, um, good. There was. Some on-camera toilet facilities, some some not. Really, really? Um, oh. this, uh, but it, you know, it's it was very immersive, and it was great for a lockdown Saturday because it was very scary and very ominous. And, and can you rewatch that? No, it was a one-off moment. But they have done. I think they've done like oh, a three-hour-long right. cut of oh, it that's okay. now on Now TV, and you can watch that. And honestly, I as I, absolutely gripped by it the whole time you sort of couldn't look away even watching jude law drag a boat on a rope for four miles um was you know i don't know there was something like mesmerizing about it it was like the ultimate in slow telly if we're talking about slow starts that was just like the slowest thing that's ever happened yeah well good one jude i mean it got him out of the house it's gonna if he doesn't win an emmy for that i mean it was pretty Pretty intense. Incredible. Pretty intense. It, looked, it looked incredibly demanding. Wow. Guys, I've, I've, got, to, I've got to head out. All right, enjoy um, the crown. And, um... I will not be watching the crown, but I will just uh, say uh, I've been watching lots of Atlanta, which I thoroughly recommend. been finally caught up on that. Um, a, a kind of an amazing show, actually. How, how long have you seen it? Atlanta, no, no, no. Get on it. It's on iPlayer. I've watched the first series. Yeah, yeah, it's very good. Do it. Watch like the I... second series, man. The second series goes crazy. Okay. <laughs> there's there, there's some weird shit happens in that show. I love it. It's it, 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 it it's totally not what I expected it to be, and I, and I guess what I expected it to be was just like a long running um, story drama, like a conventional one. But it's almost like an anthology series. But the, the way it's becoming series two, right? Um, Broad mm-hmm. City. Um, if you haven't seen any of that have a look um comedy set in new york with uh kind of two uh oh, two women. it's very improvisational what's it's the very, um, nicole kidman that's the one i was going to ask about the undoing is anyone watching that? yes undoing. yeah because yeah. they're releasing that week by week so i'm three episodes into that is it good? Small Axe started this week as well. All right. That's it's... very much worth watching. Steve McQueen's right, BBC Axe. One TV series. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Is excellent. Um, and last one, uh, Mandalorian. Yeah, enjoying, enjoying it. It's got, got my criticisms. We should discuss it another time. I don't, I don't really care about what you think, Howell. I'd be more <laughs> asking about Ben. Because... Uh, <laughs> yes, I mean, look... Ben's I, a true Star Wars fan. So. I... But it, you, Yes, I really enjoy The Mandalorian. It's um, good. I don't get to binge watch it because it's, I think it's pretty geek territory, if I'm really honest. There's some terrible direction of actors going on in this series. There's some great directors. I mean, no, no, great direction, terrible direction of actors. Like, like they've literally. Were you on set? Are you like, do you know this? Yeah. Just, uh, yeah, the actors have called you and said, how well this guy is. I was there. She's fucking me up. She's, I saw them. They spent so she's long. Giving me line readings. She's, setting up. Uh, the, well, no, they didn't even do that. They didn't give me anything. They just sort of went right. 
off you go. We spent all day setting up the set and it's really important. We've got all the reference points. The cinematography is amazing. Everything's amazing. Now, if you just pop that helmet on and waddle through the door, uh, that'll work. And that's that. So when Who's you get, your source? Can you tell us who your source is from this? Uh, yeah, it's um, my good friend, Im from Narcos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, we'll discuss it another time. But um, yeah, Matt, it's a lot go. better than I thought it was going to be. Matt, you, I really yeah, yeah, me question. too. I, I had no hope for it. And and this actually, the Mandalorian is really worth talking about because it's changed how production, TV production, and film production is going to happen for oh. for the future. The way it's made is incredibly oh, interesting. Shit, Maybe well, only to I me. I really want to hear about this. And now I have to uh, about how it's how it's filmed is uh, definitely another conversation. We'll carry on talking, and Matt can listen to the podcast and hear it. Matt, episode <laughs> seven is called the Hereditary Principle. That's the answer to your question earlier. Which oh, one? The crown. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll watch yeah. it. Yeah. All right. All right. Bye, See chaps. See you later. Nice to talk to you both. Bye-bye. Bye now. Bye-bye. Um, ben, why don't you tell me in one minute? how the Mandalorian is revolutionary. So it's revolutionary because on the uh, shoot for Rogue One, Greg Fraser, the cinematographer, started to work with um, uh, in studios using giant LED screens as backdrops. So when you're... And then you can put anything you like onto these giant LED screens and then film an actor in front of them and it looks like they're in wherever you want to put, whatever you want to put on these giant mm. LED screens. Um, and it's slightly more complex than that, but that's the, that's the and that's thing what of it. This. And that's, so Greg Fraser's then gone on to shoot The Mandalorian and he's, you know, mounted it largely on these, what call the LED volume stages. And they, yeah, they, it, what it allows is that really beautiful sunlight, um, like that sort of golden-y, you know, d- dusk sunlight that is throughout the Mandalorian. Yeah. It that only occurs in you know in life for like an hour or so every day. So yeah. it's like you know shooting that golden hour, though those golden hour, those magic hour moments. You don't get them very often, and they're always really special. But what these LED screens allow to do is create this really, really believable golden hour uh, all day, um, which is why it looks absolutely stunning and, and sort of shares a lot. It's of the better than a, a green screen. One. Because, because it th- because LED th- throws light, so an LED is a light, so it's lighting the actor as well uh, and the space, as well as providing uh, a visual image, which um, is the same thing as in real life. Because light, the yeah. reason you see things is light uh, refracts. From yeah, the, yeah. So in a green screen, you put a backdrop in, but then you've got to light it to match. This is a real time moving light you know, that, that, that changes with the, the background image. Um, and cool. so it's been rolled out to uh, all kinds of things are being shot on it now. And, and it, it means you can shoot, you know, in a very controlled environment and make things look absolutely stunning. It's really good. Fantastic. Well, fascinating. And uh, you've really, you've really earned your pay today on this podcast. So thank you very much. Um, <laughs> and apologies if my mic has been at all clinky today. Um, my wife is working in the in our office and I am sitting on a beanbag with my microphone trapped between the computer and my chest. So there's probably been some good beanbag noises going on. I um, did wonder what the little beanbag noise was. Mm. If you want to email us, studio at theboxsetpod.com, as ever, tell us what your lockdown box set is. And uh, 
we, we'll talk to you again soon hopefully with less of a break than we have been lately but without Jamie it should be an easier operation in that um, thank you thank you Ben thank you